0: This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Rinella. Matt Feinauer, thanks for agreeing to talk with me.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it.
0: I reached out you're a you're a mental
1: health professional right a counselor my official license is licensed clinical social worker um the way mental health works is there's four or five different licenses you can go the licensed psychologist route which is more testing and research um you have clinical mental health counselors um you have LCSWs or licensed clinical social workers, which is I am, which is what I am. And then uh, something called a licensed marriage and family therapist. Okay. Are you uh do you have your own practice? I uh, work with a clinic uh, that specializes in substance abuse. Okay.
0: So I have been doing a little reading the last few months about the, the, mental health consequences of social media um and i was i reached out to a couple people that had written popular press articles that were reviewing the literature and they they declined to come on just because they didn't know anything about hunting sure and to me that doesn't that's not a prerequisite at all but it is kind of nice that you reached out to me and uh you are a hunter and um so i think that that's probably better that you're you know that you uh, you understand um hunting culture and also you understand um a little bit about mental health and the effects of social media good and bad I think it's a mixed bag on mental health.
1: Yeah. And I, I, have kind of found that too, as I got, got into the field uh, of of mental health and, um, and, 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 you know, understanding psychology, my peer group of hunters grew smaller and smaller as, as I got on in my education. And now the particular practice that, that I work with, um, they're I, I'm viewed as such a an odd kind of anomaly of this person who understands mental health um, understands and an the empathy side of, of human relationships, but also uh, goes out and kills animals. As yeah. gets put oftentimes, um, and you know my my own awareness to how hunting is viewed amongst mental health professionals um was very low up until um up until recently when i i'm pretty open about you know w- what i do in my spare time with with my fellow peers um uh, when i take off vacation time most of my vacation time with with my clinic is cent- centered around which season is open mm-hmm. um, and there, I mean, it, it kind of becomes the running joke of, "Oh, I went you know if a clinician says, "Oh, I went hiking today and I saw a moose, but don't tell Matt because it won't be there by okay. <laughs> by the fall." Um, and uh, um, within that too, I you know, I, I have to say that i'm I'm probably guilty of um, doing some sort of level of hunter recruitment with the fact that I I run very long, you know, four hour um, therapy groups. um, And ultimately I end up talking about hunting and and going outdoors. And I say, if, if you are able to, I I highly recommend doing that for your own mental health.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to fault you. (laughs) I'm not going to fault you for that. Uh, There's certain kinds of, hunter recruitment that I obviously oppose. Uh, I, I don't think our nonprofits should be focused on it, but uh, I think that's a lost opportunity. And I, and I question why they do it. Uh, but in terms of in your day, people hunt in the day-to-day life of hunters, talking to other hunters, I think that if that brings people in, I think that's the right way to do it. I just, don't, I'm just, a, I, I, I'm concerned about concerted efforts on the tie on the, on the part of people that make money off hunting to bring more people in. I guess that's.
1: And I, I would tend to agree with that, and because I think it takes away the benefit, the mental health benefits that hunting actually can give. Um, I'll I'll go back to my experience with my fellow c- clinicians in my clinic. Um, a lot of them go see other therapists that are specialized in seeing therapists, and and that's fairly oh, common wow. wow. in my line of work. Yeah, we have to see special therapists that know how to <laughs> treat therapists. Oh, um, huh. and well,
0: that you, do do you end up?
1: Do you do you see a therapist? Therapist? No because I go fishing on the weekend. Okay. And that's how I tell people i you know, you, you need to do something to, for, to unwind, to de-stress. And for me, that's hunting and fishing. And so I, I realized that my form of self-care or form of therapy is going hunting or going fishing. And, and that's kind of how my that's how hunting got cemented into my life. And, and so I, as I, as I got older and I was able to, you know, make more of a, a substantial living for myself, I can afford to go out hunting more. Um, I, I, I'm getting more into, I, I, you know, I, I look at the different seasons and I say, okay, you know, deer season or elk season isn't coming up, but, um, you know, pheasant seasons, around the corner. Um, let me get a dog and learn how to train and I'll take up pheasant hunting. Do you Um, live in, you, you live in Utah? I do. Um, so our pheasant hunting is not fantastic, but it's, it's good enough. And it's enjoyable enough for me that it, it keeps me going out regularly. Utah is a state that
0: represents a cautionary tale for a lot of hunters in other Western states. You probably know that.
1: It is. And I I get really frustrated. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I was lucky enough to draw a, a limited entry tag for an elk last year um, with like two or three points. And the frustration is now that I, I don't even get to apply for that tag for five years. Oh, So Um, what is is your, what are
0: your options for hunting elk in the meantime? I can do, we have a,
1: we have a, an antlerless tag that you can apply for in non-limited entry units. And then we have a general season tag that you can get over the counter, which is, and I I know you've mentioned the stat um, in in your previous podcast, but you know, your, your typical, Elk hunters probably ten percent successful rate. Yeah, um, uh, it's uh, it's got to be so much lower than that in where, where the places I've hunted. Um, uh, just not many elk. Well, it's it's that bit. I mean, it, you get this the cynical um, idea, and, and 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 who knows if this is true, but you get the these these people get so frustrated they start to pass around these ideas of oh the elk get chased on all the private land for the. By the the guides that, that hunt or that take people out onto that land, you get the. the there was a study that um, Brigham Young University came out. Why with. just
0: guides? Why couldn't they get chased on the private by people
1: like yourself? I, I mean, out here, the there's so much. There's a ton of public land, and there's just there's not proportionally and the, the proportionally the elk are just not there
0: they're on and, private
1: yeah they're i mean they go on to private and and uh, I, I was saying that the there's a brigham young university came out with a study there there's, they looked at elk um migration habits in relation to the season starting and they they've noticed uh that the elk will move to private land during the hunting season where there's less pressure and then we'll move off that private land onto the public when they're after the season
0: yeah i've seen that study um there's that that happens here there's some collar data on elk that very strongly indicates that happens in parts of montana as well
1: yeah and i i think I think ge- generally the, the that's what frustrates me with some of the pressure that I, the, the hunting pressure that I see, because I've certainly gone out onto the different units and, see, and seen the sea of orange. Um, mm-hmm. Or you go, or if you go out in the morning or if you're out in the evening and you just see the mountain littered with headlights. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, so the, the, the places you hunt for
0: elk are... Okay, so when you drew your special
1: tag, was it bad then? There was more people than I thought there would be. Um, what what I noticed, and and maybe this is different for Utah, depending on the different units, and it, you can tell me if you see this in, in Montana, I, the pressure is from all the road hunters, the people that don't want to hike a mile into the you know, into the hills or into the forest to, to find, to find the filter tag. They they're patrolling on their four wheelers. They're going in their trucks and just going up and down all the roads. Um, and it, it's the fight in, in a lot of these units is to go find a place that doesn't have any roads.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's how I run my hunting game. Uh, I have pack llamas and try to get as far away from people as I can. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I still do find a little bit of solitude and animals that are still acting like animals, you know, not like, not completely freaked out. But yeah, yeah, you got to get, you got to get a long ways off the road to have that here. Right. Um,
1: and, and you got to be willing to, you, you got to be willing to uh, suck some air for a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully you're in shape, and hopefully you can, um, you know, you've got the either the equipment or the capability or just the will to embrace some of the the elements that are out there. Um, and, and I don't, I don't, by any means think that I'm a better hunter than anyone else. Um, but I do, I do pride myself on the ability to just be okay with the situation sucking and, you know, sitting in that. Yeah. I I'd say I'm, I'm much the same.
0: I'm, I'm kind of a wuss with everything else, but I do have a a penchant for just staying out there and putting up with it. Yeah. Um, I'm probably a C plus hunter, but I just somehow, and I like, I don't have high pain tolerance, uh, like when I'm working out, which I try to do quite regularly, it's not like I'm, I'm, I push it as best I can, but it's not, it's, it's not like I'm at risk of having a heart attack or something. I push it, but, but, but there's just, I have, there's, there's this, uh, something kicks in when I'm in the back country where I get stubborn, you know, I they, it, I've always called it gir. Like,
1: yeah. and I, I, ger, If you want to go like, feel like a clinical term, your priorities change. And I think that's where I've seen the best, the best argument to hunting as a mental health benefit is your priorities shift dramatically where you're not concerned about work. You're not concerned about your boss breathing down your neck. You're not concerned about your mortgage um, or anything else that, you know, causes high amounts of stress. You're, you're concerned about finding a location to to put your tent up. That's not in the wind. You're concerned with, how am I going to get this meat out of, out of this Canyon, which is a different type of stress that is, that is actually very healthy for a, a person to experience because it's a short time. It's a short term stress that once you, once the the problem is addressed or a solution is found, it goes away.
0: Yeah. That's really a cool thing to think about. I walk out of the mountains way mentally healthier, more mentally uh, healthy or, or like, I talk about. I've always talked about my emotional immune system getting worn down. Yeah, my emotional immune system is never more fit than after I come out from a long hunt. Yeah, and it's 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 got to be for exactly the reasons that you just said. It's what's preoccupying. I mean, I'm a worrier. I worry about everything. But when I'm when you're in the mountains. I worry about everything constantly, but the sphere of things that you're worrying about is like different. And not only that, but it's all stuff that you have a better chance of controlling, I think, than when you're in society. So much of the things we worry about in our day-to-day lives are outside of our control. But when you're in the mountains, I mean, there's still stuff that's up to chance, but working hard and and being smart and thinking clearly really puts a lot of the, a a lot of your fate in your own hands.
1: And and I think, I think there's so much, you know, we, we, we live in a society, we live in a day and age of this world where that's taken away from us. Um, and, and if I were to ever consider a day, one of the dangers to hunting with social media is that that gets re that gets introduced into hunting where you have cell phone service. So work can reach you. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can get emails, you can get text message messages from people you don't want to talk to right now. Um, you have that other distraction from the needs that you're trying to address or trying to meet, um, which ends up being a huge leading cause in stress today is that we're trying to address needs, and we have all these distractions that get in the way of that. <laughs> That's interesting yeah
0: I, it, I mean I have a I have an in reach. So, and I, in I, I tell colleagues, cause often there'll be something that it has to be, I know will have to be attended to and I'm, and when I get a message from a, a colleague on that, and there's, I gotta make a decision. It, yeah, it completely takes me out of my hunting bubble and plops me back at my desk metaphorically for a couple of hours, you know, and it, it sucks. I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to, cause that's what allows me to not have to go home and attend to things, but it, yeah, it's way better when you don't have to, when you can just completely check out.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, um, I, I'll, I'll use this example. So my, I, I, my family has owned a a cabin in Montana um, for my entire life. My, my grandfather built it when uh, in like the early sixties, I think. And so spend time here then. I, I was there two weeks ago, right before the floods. Um, Where is it? It is, it's funny because um, it's, it's outside West Yellowstone, uh, probably about, Twenty minutes. They um, they filmed an episode of Meat Eater very close to it, and it made me a little nervous that people were gonna find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, find the, the area. It's not. It's a. It's if you, uh, do you know Hepkin Lake. Oh yeah. So it overlooks Hepkin Lake. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, hearing your your takes on how overcrowding crowding would really bothers people. It, what, it, what it's done is really raised my awareness to the different issues within, within hunting. And, and, and crowding is certainly, whether you believe that hunting is growing or shrinking, crowding still has to be an issue that has to be addressed on some, some sort of level. And so my awareness was, was risen to oh that would really bother me if people were able to find the location uh of my cabin it's it's not like it's off the beaten path i mean you can find it on google but it mm-hmm. you know if if it was a track, if people were attracted to that area because it was on a on a tv show
0: yeah i would be bothered by that yeah what do you say to somebody that responds you're just trying to be selfish and keep it all to yourself because that's in in my going public with my beliefs that's a charge that's uh leveraged against me
1: you're i i you know and this is not a popular opinion but you're absolutely right i'm trying to be selfish oh there, the word selfish i in my opinion and, and i i talk about this with, with clients when i meet them in person um the word selfish gets a really bad rap what are, I mean, what are we trying to do when we're saying we're being selfish? We're trying to give ourselves the best experience possible. And if, if we, if most, I think of 90% of the hunters we talk to, if we ask them that question, what's the best experience possible you can have, they're going to, they're going to give you, um, they're going to give you some sort of explanation that sounds very selfish where I don't want to see I don't want to see orange I don't want to I don't want to see people next to me I want to have chances to to harvest an animal um and all of that right mm-hmm. which all sounds very selfish which and if, if we're going to say that that's wrong I don't I I don't know why we're going out hunting then <laughs>
0: This that's this is great I love that Yeah it, even Even when I talk to people about R3 and I ask, why do we need R3? The reasons that people cite are are selfish because we need to maintain a a voting block. Um, Why would we need that? Oh, so you can maintain your hunting, right? Yeah. Um, we we need to uh, raise money for conservation and you want the conservation dollars to benefit the ecosystems that you hunt, right? You know, so it's like the same, the yeah, same so I, line of
1: thought. Within mental health too, we talk about, you know, being selfish. And, and obviously, when I say selfish, I'm talking about... L- miss creating a, a a healthy situation for yourself, which means you prioritize yourself above someone else sometimes. And and that's going to be true in hunting. That's going to be true at work. That's going to be true with family, right? This, this idea of putting yourself first cannot be seen as something that we have to get rid of or else that leaves the door open for all the, for all these mental health issues like depression, like anxiety, that, that creep in when you when say, I I can't, I can't say no to this because what if this person gets mad at me? I can't say no to this request. I can't say no to my boss working late because what if that offends him? And all of a sudden you start having marital problems because your wife's always mad at you that, that you're at work. That the, what I see so much in in addiction is that uh, that struggle with saying no to someone
0: that's um, a, that's a component of what m- leads to somebody becoming addicted to a substance
1: it's a It's a component in what leads someone to being addicted and it also is a huge component probably a, a larger component to relapse so you're getting someone who struggles with anxiety and uses some sort of drug to Mitigate those effects of of feeling anxious or feeling depressed, and every time, let's say, every time um, someone disagrees with them, they start to feel anxious again because there's a potential for conflict, and so that those feelings of anxiety start to rise. Let me take, you know, let me take a let me take a drink, Um, you know, whatever your drug of choice is. Let me take that so I can calm down and be okay with, with not saying no. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. So they, that's how they steal their nerves to say no. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's being okay. It's, it's being okay with your, with your situation being a, you know, being really sucky is the best way to put it. um, And not doing anything about it. Mm. Mm -hmm. which I think um, social media can act very much like a drug um, where you are. This is going back to, you know, the, the concept of when I feel anxious, I'm going to do this one thing and it's going to make me feel better. So the, the DSM, which is our, uh, what, what therapists use to diagnose Um, different disorders the dsm is starting to create tell
0: tell us what uh that stands for
1: uh diagnostic statistical manual i believe okay i think you'll have to i might be wrong on that okay um we always just say there's so many abbreviations in 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 therapy where you get mixed up but um yeah so that's that's what we use for diagnostics and there's there's five volumes of it So you're going to hear clinicians talk about the DSM-5 as as the current, as what's current in terms of how we diagnose people. They, at the back of the DSM-5, there is what we're, what's being worked on for the DSM-6, essentially. And what's talked about a lot are some of these behavioral addictions, Um, smartphone addiction, um, so does the does the
0: fact that there's about to be a sixth volume mean that society is getting less mentally healthy?
1: No, I think it means it's more of that. There are there are more di- the things to di- there are more things to diagnose, and then they they also um, they also take things away. So at, at one point um, at one point homosexuality was in it as a, oh I, okay. So they'll update it. They'll add things. They'll take things away. Things like that.
0: But more is being added than removed.
1: Certainly, yeah. Certainly, because of it's just, it's the the movement with technology. The movement with social media is such a weird thing. It's it's so it's still so new that people don't really know what to do with it yet. Mm-hmm. And and when and you get into trouble when you have kids that have been on social media for their entire life so i am i'm i'm 30 now so i i do remember a time when i didn't have social media um and i remember i mean i remember basically when social media when facebook first came out i was like i'm not super into that and then girl i was dating said no you're getting on social media and i'm like i guess i'm getting on social media um, what was, we're going to
0: get back to the DSM manual and what you wanted to share about that, but yes, what was your logic
1: there? I, it was, it was 16 year old logic that, oh, this is something that everyone's doing. So that's something you need to do as well. Yeah. Don't be a Luddite. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think a lot of kids today feel that pressure of, this is something that everyone's doing. So you better do it too which it, if I'm a parent, um, and I, I, I have a two-year-old daughter, so I'm not there and won't be there for a few years, I hope. Um, it's really scary because, you know, thinking, thinking back on that, I, I couldn't, I would not have cared if my parents said, no, I do not want you to be on that. Um, you know, my priorities late, you know, lie with, Friends, um, schoolmates, significant others, girlfriends.
0: You didn't have a compulsion to do to do it anyway. So they they'd be telling, they be they be telling you to do some to not do something that you didn't plan on doing anyway.
1: Absolutely. So I I, I got it. I, I I got the, and most kids don't have this. The gum, The the this goes back to being able to say no most kids don't have that uh with their peers so that's where that peer pressure comes in and i wasn't going to say no um so that happens um i i've even felt that um i have friends that are on tiktok and tiktok is really the first thing that's ever made me feel old cuz i have i don't get tiktok at all i don't don't like it i see it i'm like this is weird I have a lot of friends that, that are on it and say oh you should be on it and I and you know by now I've learned no I I have no desire to be on that.
0: Oh some of it speaks to me and I'm I'm 21 years older than you. I've put TikTok on my phone and taken it off like four or five different times.
1: It's I, stuff like
0: juggling sure and 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 dance where like pe- people are can really freaking Dance to hip hop, and I'm like, holy crap! How are they doing that? Doesn't seem possible. Oh, and I I have a corgi. I really like corgis. So like corgi racing and stuff like that. But so I kind of I kind of get it. But man, I just know it's so bad for me in terms of time management, and mainly in, in. It's just yeah, it's just time management more than anything. So I put it on and then found myself laying in bed and getting up 15 minutes later than I otherwise would for three or four days in a row because I'm watching these stupid ass videos.
1: And when this is what, this is where you know you can, you can get in some of the literature to, to look at. you can correlate social media with um, you know, people started to get less and less sleep. and you can correlate that with social media becoming popular because everyone's staring at their phones and your, your circadian rhythm in your, in your own brain gets messed up because of staring at light. So you're- I can totally light. see that. Yeah, so you're associating that. that light with, it's daytime. So they, they even came up with a technology um, called blue light. They've started putting into screens to counteract that, which I see why they did it, but it also concerns me of like, can we just put our phones away to go to bed? That's- yeah, it's uh it's kind of a band-aid approach to do that. Most of most of what is going on with social media is a band-aid approach because yeah, you know, it's not going away by any means. And so I I um, Oh,
0: don't you think there's a chance it's going to just that not go it'll never go away. I agree. But don't you think there's a chance that it'll
1: There is in the sense uh, Uh, Go ahead. Oh,
0: I just like that in 10 years, people will be like, remember in the 20s, the 2020s where everybody was staring at their phone three hours a day?
1: Uh, You know, we can get... uh, You know, it it depends on what what we're going to classify as a phone in 10 years because, you know, we're going to... We, we use this. Um,
0: It'll probably be implanted in your brain in 10 years.
1: Well, I mean, they, they almost tried to do, that. I mean, there was that Google glass that they had where you yeah. had glasses that were the screen essentially. And what, what's going on is you know, with, with social media, with, with phones, we're, we're talking about the, these band-aid solutions. We, we live in a society that's geared around social media And and as human beings, we need some sort of connection to other people and and to core values, things that are actually important. Um, And social media has become the way that we connect to people, which does not work at all. So what happens is uh, we get this form of tribalism where... You and maybe you felt this before. You're you're with your hunting party, and you see another hunting party on the next ridge over, and it's us versus them. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that gets that's put on steroids with with social media because you get all of these different all of these different opinions that get shoved in your face that they say, okay, you this is what you should be listening to it. This is what you should be watching. And if you don't agree with it, you know, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we, we look to people who post things that we agree with. And I think this is where some of the power of the social media influencers come in because you can get the, the hunting influencers that's that say, here's my tribe. Come, come follow me, come join me. We can talk about hunting and look at all the pictures. This is, look at all the pictures uh, of the different animals I've shot this year. Here's the same gear I wear. Right. And it's, you, you're so, you get so sick of the other side of the tribalism where you're being thrown stuff that you don't want to see that, that you're naturally drawn to the stuff that you do want to see.
0: Mhm-, yeah there can't be there there cannot be anything much more echo chambery than mainstream hunting media,
1: yeah, so what I was they're
0: saying the same things they're all displaying the same things, they all have the same values uh it's you, when- it, 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 what 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 ticks me off is it's just so not resent not representative of the typical hunters.
1: It's um, not it, it, the the thing that, that is is that becomes the way we connect to other people is where for, and I'll, I'll use my my own experience with with my work. Most of the people I work with in, in terms of actual colleagues could care less about hunting. So they, and this is where I think a lot of danger lies with, with the anti hunting movement, not that there's people that hate hunting, but it's the people that could care less. Um, it's the people that could care less. If let's say in, in Utah, we pass, they passed a law that says you can't bear hunt. I know that was done in some of the other, I think was it was at Washington that passed mm-hmm. that. Um, if, if I, if I, you know, talked about that with, with my peers. They they couldn't care less. And so, so if it you, was
0: on if it was on a ballot, they'd be like, eh,
1: yeah, yeah, like, I don't care, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll vote for. I
0: don't want. I don't like the bear to die. I don't want the bears to die. So
1: right, or it's a, or it's you know maybe I leave that blank because I don't. I just don't care. I don't have any opinion towards it. Mm-hmm. Um. So you get around that enough, and it's it can be really tiresome, and so then you see. This. Wait, what? What? What do you mean? It can be tiresome, like the apathy. It's a, yeah. It's that. It's the lack of actual connection to something that you love. Um, and and it's it's really easy to make that connection in person, and it's a fake connection on on social media. But the, the thing is, you actually have to go out and put in some sort of work in social interaction to have the real connection with the person.
0: Do you feel like your colleagues have warmed to hunting through getting to know you?
1: I think, I mean, there's me as me being a hunter for sure. Um, and I, and I, I have to be very careful with how I talk about hunting around them. I can't just say, Oh, I shot an elk. And, you know, I was looking through my scope and I, and I saw it die and, and, you know, all of that. You got to sanitize, sanitize it a little bit. You um, got to sanitize it a little bit. And yeah, know your audience, but definitely they're very, they're supportive of me hunting because they see what the benefit is for me that I come back and I'm rejuvenated that I don't find myself getting burnt out from life or, you know, being burnt out from therapy. Um, so they see that and say, okay, it must have some sort of positive effect for him. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so well, in, in that sense, they're probably warmer t- toward
1: it. Yeah. And, and certainly I think if I were to have more in-depth conversations, I could, I could voice that better. If, if they, if I felt I wanted to actually hear, because they, you know, they, everyone else is so busy with their own caseloads and and, um, but certainly I think they could definitely warm up because we have that relationship already. Yeah. Obviously- hey, let me
0: let me let me interrupt you, Matt. The audio's yeah. getting a little squirrely. So okay. Could you, could you turn off your video?
1: Yep. All right. Let me know if it keeps going because my uh, audio. Not my audio. My router is downstairs. And I can move closer to it. Oh, I don't think that's it because that wouldn't explain why this
0: is happening to me every other podcast. Okay, I got
1: you. So, you want me to? You want me to start over for when I was? No, thinking?
0: I'm just going to leave it in. I'm. This is going to be. This is like a homeboy podcast. It's not I all like, produced and edited and stuff. I like um, it. It's like if you've you price. Have you seen the movie Wayne's World? Of course. So like it started out all raw, you know, and it was real cool. And then, 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 uh, then they got bought out and it got all commercialized and, and Wayne and Garth were annoyed with it. You know, we're in the, we're in the, um, in the raw early. Before it gets all commercialized phase with this, so sure, sure.
1: So I, I guess what it, my my point with social media is, it's a, I think it's a really good way to get out information, um, get out news, um, maybe get some basic your talking points from you know from 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 important issues. Uh, are, you, are you talking about hunting now or just more broadly? In, in general? Um, and, and certainly with hunting, you know, I found out, I found out about the flooding up in Montana through social media. Um, I, I knew about um, uh, particularly where, where, where my cabin is, they experienced the, the drought that hit last summer, hit that area really hard. Um, one of the, the dams, uh, failed and, and water wasn't being let out into the Madison. And, you know, I, I was made aware of, of relief efforts that I could participate in to, to help some of the, help the fish in that river. Um, so I think in that sense, social media can be very helpful in the sense that it's going to help me connect and be friends with someone else. It, it is a false advertisement. Um, my so I mentioned earlier, I, I was up in Montana, um, doing some vacation time, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I I decided I was not going to take pictures to post on social media, um, no, of any no, that I caught. you,
0: you, 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 uh, have an okay, you have you do
1: post stuff. I, I, I. I do. I I have an Instagram, um, haven't posted in quite a while from this, but my, my experience was actually really interesting. So I, I, you have, um, raised a lot of people's awareness to some of the logical fallacies that exist within between hunting and social media where, Yeah, we want to get away from everything, but we also can't wait to take that picture of the thing we shot or the fish that we caught and, and post it online, which is kind of actually trying to avoid to begin with.
0: And because I'm leveraged with so many false attributions, I just want to review, review this. And it's it's annoying because I don't think I should have to, it's, I, I feel like I've been clear, but. The only thing I oppose about social media is posting dead and dying wildlife. Yeah. That, that's it. Uh, that, that's, that's the only thing that I think, I, I, I think that hunting would be better off if that was just something that we decided as a hunting community, we, we, we weren't going to do,
1: but just yeah. anyway, go, go ahead. Well, so I think the act of doing that raises people, everyone's awareness to the conflict that that creates of, again, I'm, I'm trying to escape uh normal life and technology and in the internet by going out and doing this, but I'm also posting to that with what I've done mm-hmm. and that that can create when, when you are the, the actual, you know, psychological term when your actions don't necessarily reflect your values or belief is called cognitive dissonance. Okay. And it's a very uncomfortable place to be. And it's e- you either get very angry with the source that caused the cognitive dissonance and, and you look for ways to disprove it so you can continue on with your behavior or you change your behavior. And Uh so I, I looked at what I was posting and most of my, if you looked at at my Instagram, most of it's me holding a fish or me taking a picture of a fish I caught in the net and, and letting it go. Um, Which catch and release is another thing that social media makes worse. But anyway. um,
0: Oh, you think more fish get pulled out of the water and held in people's
1: absolutely uh, so and, and this is why so
0: there isn't there uh, a movement there's some kind of movement that's fighting that
1: i the only movement I'm aware of with catch and releases it's called keep them wet yes that's what okay. I was yeah um the so most of my my Instagram is just fish and I I was looking at okay I'm gonna take I, my, my awareness has been, has been brought up to how I interact, not necessarily posting dead things on, on social media, but how I interact with social media with regards to what I do out in nature. Mm -hmm. And I, I made the decision I wasn't going to post anything. And it was really funny because I, I got a text from my parents um that knew I was up at the cabin and said hey we haven't seen you post a picture of a fish how's the fishing up there and and that's kind of when I knew okay there there's an issue here where people are noticing my absence from posting something on social media which I which I'm not a fan of um so I didn't post anything for that whole day and I, I, I think I ended up fishing um for about six hours that day, which is a, is a, a pretty good time for me. Um, and it, the interesting thing was, was I felt that need had been fulfilled for the next couple of days. Um, I was up there with my wife and my daughter. Um, and I didn't feel that the next day, I didn't feel the need to go back out there and continue to fish. I decided to go spend it with my, with my, with my daughter and my wife, um, and then you know two three days later i went back out and fished and and so yeah i i'm starting to question how much of our desire to go out and and do things like fish my phone's tapped my uh computer oh. um, so the my my, my question my I started to question myself how much of my own behavior of wanting to go out and fish is wanting to go post something because the need, my need had been met and stayed fulfilled longer than typical.
0: Oh, 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 that's interesting. That's very interesting. That's like, well, and kind of frightening because it, I, I wonder how much that, I wonder how much hunting goes on that wouldn't go on if it wasn't for somebody trying to keep their feed rolling. And I think of hunting as a really precious resource. There's way more demand than there is supply, and that's why people are buying it up for themselves and leasing up land and all the stuff that I hate.
1: Right, and I and and I go back to what you you commented on with the with social media, um, with social media influencers taking multiple elk in a year or taking you know multiple bucks in a year, things like that, and and traveling to different different units or different states to 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 fill you know two three four tags. The elk that I shot last year, last year I had an elk tag and a deer tag, and I and I shot my elk and I originally had planned to go back out the next week and, and go hunt and go deer hunting. And my wife and I had sat down and talked about, you know, we really don't have enough storage for an elk and a deer. We've got so much, you know, elk meat between myself, my wife and, and our, our daughter that I don't need to go out and and go deer hunting. Now, would I have enjoyed it? Absolutely, but my need was not there, so I, I didn't I didn't go fill that tag afterwards. Yeah, but if you were trying to
0: become a, a Sitka athlete or whatever, you would have been out there.
1: At, right, and so that's where I I so I, I've I've been thinking about that using my my own experience with with trying out, not posting something and and having my, my awareness brought up to how social media affects my hunting and fishing habits and, and the needs that get met. I think, I think hunters in particular have a, a very unique ability to have some sort of restraint if it's, if it's recognized and if we can not necessarily. I'm not talking about cancel culture because I'm not a fan of that. But if we can give more attention to the individuals who are practicing that, the the rest should follow. I I, I look more at of
0: a, more of a carrot than a
1: stick. Right. Well, I look at. I think this. I I don't place the responsibility of of this on social media companies or even necessarily on the consume on the on the influencers themselves because it's worked right there's a reason why people will go out and do that is because yeah there is a chance that that SICA gives you a uh, you know some sort of sponsor sponsorship I think we as consumers have the responsibility to look at what we're comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with and finding some sort of agreement between all of us of what kind of outcome do we want to have with hunting? Do find, I, go ahead. I was going to say, do we, do we want to have that, that selfish, um, ideal hunting experience? And I, and I think, again, I think most of us do, then let's find social media pages that promote that and let's let them let's let the free market do what it's supposed to do and and follow the consumer not vice versa I, I i wholeheartedly agree with that
0: i i keep saying in almost every episode that i'm not trying to pass laws and i i think that I'm I am deeply concerned about the future of hunting in America, and I have a tremendous amount of love in my heart for people that hunt for the right reasons, and I'm ve- I'm very concerned for them. Like in talking to you for an hour, I'm now concerned for you because I know that when you are hunting, you're doing it for reasons that are every bit as pure as my own. And I agree that if we're going to make any headway on these on these issues, uh, like if it wasn't for crowding, I wouldn't have this podcast. If I, if it wasn't for hunting in a lot of places being comically overcrowded, I wouldn't have this podcast. It, so for me, the only way. The only re- real legitimate way, there's a few, I guess, that I could see addressing that, is to incentivize, disincentivize hunting for bad reasons. So I don't know what percentage of people wouldn't be out there, like you are saying, with, with your fishing example, uh, if it wasn't for trying to get footage for some reason. But I I I believe that wildlife and and hunting is precious, and I don't think that, that that's a legitimate reason to to kill an animal for somebody else's entertainment or to make yourself look like Barney Badass. So yeah, I, I guess it's got to be if, if we make any progress, it's going to be because every because hunters stand up and say we're just here's what we're gonna here's what we're gonna patronize and what we're not it's a consumer choice like you say
1: so i, yeah, and I think i think you i think you do have to go back and and be comfortable with saying this is a selfish reason um, yeah
0: that's 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 interesting
1: yeah you know even with and I, I going back to what you said with um with legislation i i think eventually you're going to start to see legislation geared towards social media in the sense that you know most a lot of things that that produce some sort of addiction have some sort of legislation attached to it i um, mean there's a there's a clear consensus that with social media there is you know you see likes go up and, and you get the chemical dopamine that floods your brain, which is the same chemical that I would get if I were to inject heroin into my arm, I would get the same chemical mm. in my brain. If I got, you know, a thousand likes on one picture, there has to be some sort of recognition of this is really addictive. We need to be very careful with how we use this and especially how young people use this.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Did you listen to that uh Lex uh Fridman podcast that I I did listen to it I, and I
1: thought it was I thought it was very interesting. I um, mean and I he brought up- Jonathan Haidt's work? I don't i i'm not super familiar with him
0: okay so just for the listening audience yeah lex friedman he's a podcaster that i really enjoy he's a computer scientist and he um, interviewed jonathan Haidt about his he's a social scientist about his work looking okay. at the effects of social media on. um well i guess where the evidence is most clear that it's social media is damaging is with adolescent girls and there apparently there were the there was a, a there's been a spike in um self harm among adolescent girls and suicide that started around two thousand ten and his work uh has demonstrated a causal link between that and and social media use so um.
1: there, there's definitely, and what, what are you talking about? What most of the literature talks about is how social media affects symptoms of anxiety and depression. Now, how we treat anxiety and depression is going to differ. So in young girls, you're going to see self-harm um, and, and, which
0: men, always but, has blown me away. Yeah, you know, how in the world does a a thirteen year old girl get it in her head that she's going to hurt herself?
1: It, it's I, I haven't ever been in that state of mind, so I, I I'm kind of with you on that. But I mean, it provides that distraction, right? All of a sudden, your your immediate need is different, and that, so
0: that's got to be indicative of tremendous severe emotional pain if that if you're to give that if that's your solution
1: it i think it's a mixture of very severe emotional pain which feels feels very very real and a lack of resources to find a solution mm-hmm. um social media advertises as itself as a fake solution. And so we get on it. We start to feel anxious. We start to feel depressed. We get on it. We feel better for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Again, the same concept of using a drug. Um, I'll, I feel anxious. I feel depressed. Let me go use my drug of choice and I will feel better for a little bit. The way that we increase social media use. Media use is our brain makes this recognition of: I felt anxious, or I felt depressed, I felt a certain way, and I didn't like that. I did this one thing, and I felt better. So I'm going to do that again. And we mm-hmm. start to get diminishing returns through our our drug of choice again. Whether that's social media, whether that's uh, an actual illicit substance. Yeah. And then you up the dose, you up the dose and, and, and you keep going um, until you're on, you know, you're using obscene amounts of uh, dangerous illicit drugs or data or, or you're on your phone all day long. Right. And you're not talking to your family. uh, You're not talking to your friends face to face because you've got what you believe is your, Solution to not feeling what you don't want to feel. Um, the so that w- within the same fishing trip, the I was get I was getting ready to um, get all my gear out of my truck and and, and walk down to the river. And, and two gentlemen walked up to me and, and wanted to to talk to me about river conditions and and you know what I thought would be a good place to start. And I was able to have a really good conversation with them for five or 10 minutes. And I, I, I don't remember their names. Um, I don't remember what they where they were from, but I, I felt connected to those, those two individuals because we had a personal conversation. We both said, Hey, good luck. Um, I'll go upstream, you know, you go downstream, you know, we'll both, we'll, we'll both have a good time. Um, had I had that same interaction Via Instagram or via Facebook, I wouldn't like I wouldn't have gotten. That.
0: Reached out to you and said, "Hey, I'm going to go there tomorrow. What do you think I should do?"
1: Yeah, I, I would have been like, "I don't, I don't give advice." I, I would have said, "I don't, you know, share my spots with people I don't know." And, and I, again, I didn't know these two individuals at all. But I, a connection was made that was took extra work, right. Cause it, you still have to go out and be available to have that connection, but it's, it's, it's long lasting. I'm sure if I ever saw those people again in that same spot, I'd be able to say, Hey, how you doing? How's the river? And, you know, chat yeah. for 10 minutes and then, and do it all over again. And, and it's, it's not a lot, but that's how we form deep, meaningful connections with other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is great. Uh, I guess uh, I am getting a, with, with this podcast. I'm I'm getting a lot of examples of what you're talking about. So I'm doing all these on zoom, yeah. you know, so it's still not like you're sitting here but i set up a podcast with somebody that reaches out to me or i reach out to them and we have a little email exchange and the and the difference in in the connection that occurs between the emails and then when, when i'm actually staring at them even though it's through the computer is you know like like I said, I, I would, you know, now, now you're some, you are somebody I would look out for kind of like you're talking about with the two
1: folks you saw on the river, you know? Right. And, and we, we lose that on social media. Um, we, and whether it's the, the thing that, that angers me about social media is you get these people that sell that type of connection you know, come, come join, um, what, what's a good example of that? So, you know, come join me at this time and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll all hop on together and talk. And it's, it's really frustrating because it's not, it, you're going to get people that are really craving that, that aren't going to have that need met. Um, I, I, I know in my original email there, there's, there was in my original email to you, there was, there was one other thing that I think is really dangerous about social media. And that's kind of the, the sexualization that gets sold on social media. Um,
0: yeah. So what, what's the, what's the risk there?
1: There, there's a, there's a, I think again, going back, it's just another form of connection that we try to make with someone that is trying to sell themselves essentially, you know, come join my only fans, come join my Patreon and, and look at all the pictures of me. And sometimes I'm in camo and sometimes I'm holding a fish. Um, and, and, you know, I, I say most of these are women. I, I, I don't think there's a market for attractive men holding fish um, to be, to be sold online. Maybe there is, but um, got to be, yeah true you know details. the majority of what you see is is women not wearing a whole lot holding a fish or women you know talking about um how they have all of these these friends that follow them on social media and you look at their social media and it's it's them just you know with, with the same pose with their butt out and the butt out um or you know, laying poolside, you know, talking about wanting to just go out and, and be, be the best, be their best selves out in the mountain. And it's like, you know, why, you know, why people are following you. They're not following you because of your fishing prowess following you because you. they're attracted to you. Yeah, And it, it, it's, it's very gross to me. The, the lack of transparency with some of these social media accounts yeah. okay what do you mean by that that they don't say hey. prefer someone that said hey I know I'm really attractive follow me if you want to see more of that instead of saying standing on the side of a riverbank in a bikini holding a fishing pole oh, okay yeah now come join me. Um, on this platform and, and we'll, I'll show you how to tie this fly or something like that.
0: Yeah. And, and you'd get you, if you were to write in the comment section, something along the lines of, I don't think this is about hunting and fishing. I think this is about sex. You'd get freaking trounced
1: upon. You would. Cause you get, you get these, these people that are attempting to form this connection to, to this woman or to this content creator who they're trying to defend her because maybe that gets some attention.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And like just all the virtue signaling and the woke stuff and the like, yeah, it's just, it's fraught to try to comment on somebody's what they're trying to do, but it's clearly the case that attractive people, I'll just say it that way. (laughs) Attractive people, some attractive people have, have identified a windfall like, Oh, a little sex appeal and a little camo and watch my platform grow. And, Oh, this just goes this this goes beyond mental health for me because we're talking about something that hunting and fishing are, are something are things that I have such a deep connection to that stuff and I've been doing it my whole life and it just cheapens it a, cheapens it in a way Oh yeah, that 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 just is heartbreaking to me.
1: Well, you get people that I'm okay. And I think I, I heard you say this um, either last, your last podcast or the podcast before that you're okay with people being around you hunting the same area. If that's, if they feel the same way about that area that you do and, and I'm, and, and that's the type of, I mean, if you wanted to break it down, it's that, you want people around that you can make a connection with. And, and that's, there's just no room for that type of behavior with, with regards to, you know, selling sex on, on social media or sexualizing hunting. I, I just don't want people like that around me when I, when I'm out trying to be mentally healthy, when I'm out trying to rejuvenate, my own mental health yeah it goes against the whole goal for you then yeah and i and and that's where i i look at is is are we getting overcrowding because we're you have people that are out there looking for that type of attention are you out are there people out there looking Oh, and, I, and I think, I think the answer to all these questions are yet is yes, to, to some, to some extent.
0: Yes, um, you're, you're looking at me. people
1: that are, are looking to get attention. You're looking at people who want to have more clout on social media. Um, you're looking at people who are also wanting to connect to some sort of tribe because maybe they're also in similar circumstances that I'm in where, they work with people that don't know much about hunting, that don't care that much about hunting, and they're just looking for some sort of group of individuals that think like they do. Um, That's
0: so bizarre to me, but I know it's true. But I've always had a lot of friends, yeah, that I would that 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 I would use this like very public computer-based approach to finding people to hang out with although i don't know i guess well, it, it, shouldn't, I think- it shouldn't strike me as completely as bizarre because i i i did date a woman that i met on e at one point so
1: when it Yeah. And and I think we could, we could probably spend another hour talking about the different, you know, how are we going to define what social media actually is and and maybe where it isn't. Um, The, the, the case for, for eliminating social media is it's you're actually getting the eliminating social media from, the hunting experience i'm not saying that people can't go out there and go take you know you go out to yellowstone take a picture of a bison post it that's cool right i can appreciate that
0: i think where all the perverse incentives and harm comes in is is purely the the dead and dying animals
1: yeah um maybe it, i'm wrong about that
0: but that's where i stand now uh well, maybe, maybe maybe the
1: i don't know well, uh, let me ask you this too so shooting, I shooting my elk last year. Um, I was with two uncles, um, and a half brother and, um, my, my birth mom's husband, I'm adopted. I have a relationship with my birth, with my birth family. So that, that's who I go hunting with. Um, so they are, you know, forever ingrained in that memory. So we share pictures of that. We all took pictures together. You know, kind of. we did a grip and grin. I haven't, I don't post that, but we did grip and grins with the elk. So we could just share that with each other and talk about it.
0: Oh, I grip and grin the hell out of stuff I shoot. I just don't, I think where the, where the difficulty lies is when you start showing strangers.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think where, where that gets lost is, when it starts being sent out to people we don't know who we don't have a connection with. Cause I can, I, you know, I've got, I did a Euro mount. I've got it over my dining room table. The, the mount I let, you know, anytime anyone comes over and they look at it, I can tell them, I tell them the story, you know, that's, that's legit. I don't that, have- That's legit. And, but that's what, it's, that's what social media is attempting to do but failing at because it's not making that actual connection. I don't and, know, man. I don't, I, I don't, I, I, the, the, the person
0: that's doing it, like I don't, uh, obviously you're speaking loosely because social media itself doesn't have an intent, but the, the, the user of the platform has an intent. Yes. And, and when, when they're trying to show as many people as possible what they shot, I, I don't think it's about forming a connection anymore. I think it's, it's about, and and I, you know, I've interviewed, I've for, I interviewed eight social media hunters for an article I wrote and, and, Seven of them admitted it was bragging, trying to build credibility in the hunting community. One of them said the only reason they do it is to make money. So I just don't see I don't I don't see it having anything to do with trying to I, I I'm I'm skeptical that when once you take that step of showing anybody willing to look. I'm pretty skeptical that it's no longer about f- trying to form a connection with people.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think you're probably right on that. And, and, and you, I'll, I will, um, admit, you know, you have a very different experience with hunting me than I do.
0: Here's another thing. And, uh, I'm, and I'll stop interrupting. Oh, you're but, fine. I'm even open to some of the people that show strangers what they shoot, doing it for some virtuous reason. I don't think that's the case. I think it's mainly bragging. Uh, I think it
1: is too, and, and you know we, we've.
0: But here's the thing. So, but let's say uh, let's say that it was even eighty percent of people had some virtuous notion in mind when they put their deer on a public account Uh, i think that the other 20 the the other 20 percent are doing it for money and fame and stuff that grosses me out in terms of how the respect that wildlife deserves that you're throwing out very little baby with the bathwater if you just do away with the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and I think I think this goes back to where does the responsibility lie? Where where does the accountability lie um, within all of this? And I think it's our responsibility as consumers to be aware of what's being given to us and have the courage to say, no, I'm not, I'm not okay with this or I'm not going to follow this. And here's what I am going to follow. And it's, it's different from cancel culture. It's saying I am promoting, I'm not trying to delete what I don't like. I'm just trying to promote what I do, the, the outcome that I do want. And, and so with, with, If we're going to be on social media, we have to be cognizant of that. We have to be aware of what it is that we're trying to promote when we like a picture. You know, are we are we promoting a page? Are we promoting a picture that shows how beautiful nature is, or how cool that bull elk is standing in the meadow? Um, or are we saying Hey, you know, buy these binoculars so you can see the, see the bull elk in the, in the meadow. Are we, are we saying, you know, buy these hunting boots so you can go out and walk long enough and, you know, shoot four elk a year. Uh, yeah. That's where I think we're, we're going to get law. Lo- that's where I think we're going to lose hunting eventually is in that mark is in the sense that we're treating it as a free market. Oh, explain that to me. Well, if we if we look at if we can be aware of what we view and say, okay, I, I like I like looking at pictures of elk. Right. That that is pleasing to me. That is something that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, it, it again in, in in my in my clinic, if I'm waiting for a client to come in and he's five, 10 minutes late, I'll hop on Instagram and, and look at um, pictures of you know bison or pictures of fish um i'm not trying to view those pictures as okay i'm going to go buy the rod that this guy used to catch this fish with i'm not looking at the pictures to say okay what boots is this guy wearing that he used to hike into this meadow and 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 that's and if if there are pages promoting that then I'm not going to waste my time commenting. I'm not going to give that a like. I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm going to go find the thing that does promote what I'm looking for. Yeah.
0: So you would, you would through this selection process where you would, be trying to promote or people that aren't trying to sell stuff
1: right and it's it's people that aren't that are also transparent in the fact that they're not trying to make a connection they're just saying hey this is something i really enjoy if you like it perfect if not i'm okay with that i'm not here to i'm not here for you right, right. I, <laughs> I i think most people could care less about me as a consumer. If I'm looking at these, these different social media influencers, I don't like the the fact that they say, Oh, thank you to all my viewers. Thank you to, I kind of go, go, I'm a number to you. I, I don't, there is no connection there and I don't want you to pretend like there is.
0: You want an honest transaction.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's call it what it is. Let's be transparent. Oh Yeah,
0: if they, what said, doing. if they said that, that that would be that'd be game over for them, though.
1: It, it would, but if uh, even I would even look at cons- at a product if you said, "Hey, this company pays me to to promote these boots. I actually think they're really comfortable. I invite you to try them. Just know that every time you do, I get twenty percent." Um, oh God! Would I would even be with that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, instead of trying to hide that, because I think,
0: oh, that would be, you. That, that's a, almost a. It's kind of an idea for a like a parody, a parody account.
1: It would be, but I, I almost wish no, that you, it, because <laughs> I just, I, I just don't want to be. I don't want to be lied to, because I, I, I feel like all of these people that are again trying to use a fake connection to sell a product um, brings down oh, like the overall community as itself right if we're going to if we're going to look at this as a community let's call it what it is and say that you know we're, we're try- we we as a consumer have standards this is what we're going to put this is what we're okay with and this is what we're not okay with you know be transparent um,
0: yeah, as somebody that, you know, I've, I've been around a fair number of hunting influencers in my life and on their accounts, it is, it's this unicorns and rainbows. Hey, um, you know, look, this is so great. Here I am. I have so much love for, hunting and conservation and sharing the land and all but some of these people a lot are just are more pissed than anybody more pissed than your average hunter yeah when they yeah. when they uh get crowded out you know when uh they're out hunting and it's crowded or something like that
1: and you know all of that stuff may be true they're, they they you know I'm not going to make judgments on them to say I don't believe that, you're, that you actually care about you know, conservation. I don't think that's why you're here.
0: Right. That Yeah. You, you could care about honey. Right. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah.
1: right. I, I am very intrigued with what you've talked about with going out and helping landowners providing service on, on their land to gain access. And that's something that, you know, that sounds really appealing to me that I wish, I wish there was more stuff like that here where where i live oh well stay stay
0: tuned because i have a couple podcast episodes scheduled where we're going to be diving into some things that we're trying to do here in in montana
1: Well, i i think even you know what you're doing if, if you look at it from a mental health aspect you are mentally going to be healthier doing what you're doing you know with with this group of people then you would be had you not been doing this or had you been posting pictures of yourself doing the service, right?
0: Right, right, which I've seen, which, you know, that's, you got to get credit, you know.
1: (laughs) got to get credit. And we can call it a form of virtue signaling. We can call it um, trying to get credit. You know, it's, if we look, if we think, if we look at it deep down, it's, I feel good when everyone else thinks that I'm a really good person and, or I'm, you know, this macho hunter. I, I feel good about myself when I, when people think that about me. Um, I, at, I, yeah. I, I guess,
0: you know, I, I, the, so how do I position this? How do I think about this? Of course, if, 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 I wouldn't be having a podcast episode about, I wouldn't start a podcast about the, the the effects of social media on mental health. First, I guess, because I'm not qualified, but also it's, it's just not where my interests lie and my background is. So, but hunting is you know so i'm looking into this thinking about it from a, a a hunting lens and i'm trying to i'm trying to map out what the costs and benefits are of this very having this very public approach to hunting, this very outward facing posture that a lot of people in the hunting community have with what they do. So I guess that's why, why it's important to look at
1: all the aspects. When, I, and, and what you're talking about goes beyond hunting because we see it, we see, we see kind of that, you know, puffing out your chest a little bit and, and, and wanting to, to show everyone else how cool you are. I see that in addiction too, where I see people boast how many years of sobriety they have. I see, um, that there, there even exists. Um, your, your average alcoholic tends to look down on the meth addict. Oh. Um, well wow, yeah, will is like- I'm, I'm just, I'm just an alcoholic. I don't do anything else. Oh, wow. so there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of padding up. You, I want to, I want to use a sports analogy, but I, you know, padding up your own stats a little bit, making yourself look good is a, I think is a, a very uh, human thing to do it gets put on steroids with, with social media. Cause that's all social media is, is padding up your life and saying, look, look how great I am. That exists throughout, throughout all aspects of life. And I, I'll, you know, even within hunting and if you're hunting the right way um, you know, if I catch more fish than my brother, he's going to hear about it. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, I, I,
1: oh, that's, I, mess-
0: I ride, the, my, the people I hunt and fish with, I ride them hard if I do better than they
1: do. Right. That same message all all of a sudden looks very different if you post that on social oh, media. Oh, it's, yeah, it's night
0: and freaking day. It's just, it's a good, because when you're, when it's your buddies, it's just, it's just, it's kind of a form of camaraderie to do it, you know? It's
1: funny. Well, it's, it's healthy, right? Cause again, it's, that's what connection really is. It, you, you're forming some sort of connection with that person and, and maybe it's, you know, tongue in cheek and maybe it, you're, you're teasing each other and, and making fun of each other. But if that's your relationship, you know, go with it. Um, that online doesn't produce any, any relationship that produces. Jealousy that produces jealousy and, and other platforms outside of hunting that produces anxiety and depression. Short-term
0: uh, memory loss. I read right. In an article that content, social media content that generates jealousy leads to short-term memory loss. There's some kind of I guess, I, evidence for
1: connection there. Yeah. And I, I think if I were to guess on that, and, and this is just purely a guess and maybe an educated guess, but it's it's where our attention is, right? If our attention is hyper focused on the flaw that we see in ourselves, that the person we see on social media doesn't have that flaw, that becomes the only thing we see. Uh, the other stuff isn't noticed, and I think it'd be very easy to forget, you know, something else that you saw because your focus wasn't on it. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah. So I think that there are just some distinct elements, some some things that are distinctly harmful about hunting social media. Uh that I've talked about on several occasions now and written about that like if if people are incentivized to play soccer because, in part, not just because uh, they like the exercise and they enjoy the game, but also because they can post about it online and get a, a following as like a soccer influencer, that isn't really harmful to the rest of the soccer community. I don't believe it, if, if soccer gets too crowded, you build another soccer field and if, but with hunting, it's a precious resource and it leads to this It incentivizes social media, incentivizes people to shoot as much shit as possible or yeah. fish when they really don't want to go fishing. So it harms everybody else that engages in the activity. So that's something I believe. But here's the question. Are there, are there mental health consequences that are distinct
1: to hunting social media? Well, so I want to go back and, and challenge you a little bit on the soccer analogy. Or the sports analogy, because what I see in in sports is you get this professional athlete. I'm going to use football for an example. Um, You get this this player that played the same position growing up, loved football, played in high school, played in college and retires on his own within 2 to 3 years of making of being in the NFL. And a lot, what a lot of people tell you or te- will, well, or what a lot of players will tell you is that money changes the game. And I think overcrowding and hunting can be compared to receiving that huge check as a professional athlete where it changes your motivation for going out there. And that um, that's something I experienced at, um, I spent a little over a year, um, as a fishing guide, uh, when I was in my undergrad degree, um, on, on the Provo river. Uh, and I started to not like fishing as much as a guide. When money was introduced, um, when it was part of my job. And I I wonder um, if overcrowding has some of the same effects that introducing monetary value can have, if that
0: makes sense. We might be talking past each other a little bit because I didn't explain my point well. What it's I'm okay. saying is if 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 you if you're a athlete with a vigorous social media presence, it's not I don't see where it's affecting other athletes. But with hunting social media, I think all the hunting social media influencers are definitely influencing other hunters or or, or impact negatively impacting other hunters that don't do social media?
1: I would, I would look at that analogy and I would, I would, I I would change it a little bit to say, I think the consumer, the, the, the hunter slash consumer is affecting the rest of the hunters rather than the actual social media itself personally that's where i want to put the, res- the the responsibility of this on is the consumer rather than the person providing the product.
0: Oh, so you're saying our choice if i if i'm somebody that consumes hunting social media, my choice to consume it is impacting other hunters.
1: Right, because if you don't consume it and everyone else doesn't consume it then that impact shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That gets, that gets, yeah. It's like the difference between approximate cause and an ultimate cause.
1: Right. And I think, I think that's where, uh, you know, if I could reach anyone out there that that's, that's listening to this um, is be mindful of your consumption. That is
0: 100, I am 100% with you that, well, like in my social media article, I appeal to both. Yeah. I appeal to social media hunters to prove that they're out there for the right reasons and just take it down for a year. But then I, I challenge, I, I try to appeal to hunters to be like, if you really, if you really care about your hunting, if it's really about hunting, not hunting culture and inter- hunting entertainment, then you're shooting yourself in the foot by watch, watching it. So, but I have more hope that like, I have more hope if things change positively, it'll, it'll come about through the meat by the means you're talking about where it's hunters as consumers start to make better choices.
1: Right, and and I think, I I think that I think you you're you're going to see a quicker turnaround with social media if we can if if that message can get out. Now, um, I think I don't think that burden should be solely placed on you. I think that should be placed on everyone that's listening to be aware of that and and have that conversation. So I think that's also an easier conversation to have. Rather than you know going to the social media influencer um, or anyone in media and saying you are you know ruining social or ruining hunting, they're yeah. they're gonna. They're, I have
0: this thing on my website where I have these eight bullet points. Yeah, and the way I've been taught, the way I think about the eight bullet points are, I think that I have a very dour, um i i have i have a very pessimistic viewpoint on where hunting's going and if i'm wrong and in 20 years things have improved instead of getting way worse in terms of it becoming a pay-to-play thing um it'll be because we take those eight steps but one of them is and it's kind of immature on my part and i should probably change it is i say unfollow or shame social media hunters and i should probably get rid of the shaming
1: part well you're but you're not necessarily wrong and you could replace the word shame with hold accountable social media hunters yeah because i that that's what we're doing we're we're not saying and you can do that by saying not saying we don't want to say you are a bad person because you do this You look at the behavior and say, "This is not an appropriate behavior," and that—that hate the sin and not the sinner, right? And that tends to be the big difference um, between shame and holding someone accountable. uh, Is is verbally making that distinction? Um, And I think you're you're going to have more ears to listen to that. Through the consumer rather than the the person providing the product.
0: That's good advice. That's good advice. I mean, I, this is a work in progress, you know, and I don't even know how long I'm going to be able to muster the energy to keep doing it. But uh, I'll have to give that some thought. I think that you're probably right that that's the probably the the more promising avenue when I started, I had in my head that maybe there'd be this groundswell of support. Like that I, it would turn out that I represent the silent majority. And then I would have army, there'd be armies of people just ridiculing people that, uh, use dead animals and as instruments on the computer um and that was like my fantasy <laughs> it didn't turn out to be true but you, and and you know maybe it's not probably the right approach to begin with
1: um, i think it i think it's a really again it it worked with me so i mean i'm i'm not special by any means um nor do i think i i have a whole lot of original thought Oh, I I don't
0: know. I don't know about that. You you underestimate yourself. (laughs) I think you're a very thoughtful guy.
1: I I, I think if you can, if you can have people talk about the outcome that they want to have, you're going to get a lot of people that agree on this, on having the same outcome for hunting. Um, let them start with that outcome and then let like f- figure out the method. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Where do we want to be? Right. So you'll, you'll get a lot. I think you'll even get a lot of social media influencers that you can have part of that conversation of where do I want this to be? Yeah. I've had a couple of them on already. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've listened to, to several of them, all the episodes i i've actually really enjoyed them oh thank you that that's heartwarming uh i have way
0: more recorded than i put out (laughs) way more uh which is a source of anxiety for me um but uh at least i have a backlog for hunting season so okay another question we you were going to make some point about the DSM but then we got sidetracked.
1: Right. So what you're going to start seeing with the DSM is uh you're going to see official mental health disorders that are focused around technology and social media. Um the literature supports that there is real addiction with smartphones, there's real addiction with social media. Um, and they're, they're, almost withdrawal effects that come with it. Um, you're, it, it's, it's, it's really plain to see when you tell people to turn off their phone for the next two hours. Um, you're going to get a lot of people that start to have spikes in, of anxiety that they don't have access to their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there my are, wife gets, my wife gets a little that way. Like she's. Uh, a lot of people do. And it's not it's not to their fault. It's that, you know, if if you were given, you know, a few doses of heroin, you would start to feel withdrawal effects after, you know, a few hours. That's not anything to say about your moral, you know, your moral compass. That's that's more about the actual drug that's been administered. And it's, I think it's, it's
0: physiology and biochemistry
1: right there there are actual physiological changes that are happening in your brain every time you turn your phone on every time you see how many likes you get and and there are those same changes go away when you turn your phone off um, or when you see someone I'll, I'll use the hunting example when you see someone who shot a uh, a a six point buck and you're sitting there with your four point buck, right? That, that feeling you have is real. And the, to an extent, it's always going to be there. Like, like we said, um, we both have brothers. If we catch more fish than them, we're going to let them hear it. Um, but it's not going to have quite the lasting effect that social media has. Yeah. And so the DSM, you know, you're most of the medical professionals, most of the mental health professionals are becoming or being made aware of these, of these negative effects that social media has that technology can have if it's not taken in appropriate doses or if it's not regulated appropriately.
0: Yeah. I could see where that'd be a real, well, it's already becoming a real game changer for the mental health community and probably it's only getting started.
1: Right. And so my, my kind of the, the plea that I give to to most people when I talk about mental health or when I talk about social media is, you know, pay attention to what social media, what role social media plays in your life. If you have kids set boundaries with social media for your kids and, and do it early and hold steady to the, that boundary. They're going to get really pissed at you. They're going to scream at you. Um, they're probably going to find ways to work around your boundaries but hold hold to them because eventually that you know that could be the thing that that keeps your your son or daughter from from engaging in in activities like self harm or, or suicidal ideation or, um, or or forming
0: connections with their peers and going outside and playing right
1: um, so if you have. If you have teenagers, have that conversation, and, and with that conversation, provide other avenues to to experience that escape from anything that they don't want to have. You know, go out and play basketball, go out and play catch, go out and. The best thing that I've ever heard you say um, was
0: Were you sifted through all the pearls of wisdom and found the very best
1: one i did the the best <laughs> the, the one thing that that you that you've said um in a previous it was not on this podcast but it was on a previous po- it was on a another podcast um was put down your put down your phone and go pick up your boat um yeah. that by that right and and there is that that is one of the most profound things that i can that I've heard because it applies to so many other things, put down your phone and go play with your kids, put down your phone and, and go work out, you know, put mm-hmm. down your phone and go, go work in your garden. Um, if I ever become too absorbed in looking at pheasants on my phone, that I don't go out and, and train with my German wire hair. Uh, I got kind of defeating the purpose at, at that point. Right. Um, just though, you know, I I hope that those words reach, I hope that, you know, what you said reaches a lot of other people, because that's a very profound statement and a very, a very mindful statement to tell people. Right. Um, and and I'll, I'll say one last kind of one last thing with, with my, uh, with my practice, when I get a new client um, who's either most of my clientele are either uh, have just come from a residential treatment facility, have either just got out of out of prison or who are fresh off the streets um, being homeless. Um, one of the first things I have them do is I have them make a list of their core personal values. Whatever it is, right? For me, a lot of it's going to involve fishing, hunting, and spending time with my family. For someone else, it could be, you know, they feel a lot of pride in their work um, or in having a job, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I have them make that list of, of their values. I then have them make a list of specific behaviors that connect them to those values. And the majority of that, of my, therapeutic relationship with my clients is going over that list and making goals of when are you going to do these things um if if we can do that as a hunting community make a a, a list of values and connect specific behavior specific things that we can do to connect us to those values you know social media won't become a problem because we don't that need will be fulfilled that's
0: that's a really good picture a really, i i like that way of i i like that way of looking at it i'm obviously of the mind that uh our activities and our values aren't like what we're doing and what our values are, are not very well aligned currently but uh I think that that's a really good way of that's a really interesting way of putting it. It's a, you could almost, I've been thinking about developing a survey that'd be, there that, would that, be a, a way to even maybe structure the survey. What do you value as a hunter? And then what do you think supports those values?
1: And, and yeah, and, and that, that same, the same person that's going to have a problem with that, that's where that's where I go into that's my case for being selfish, is because that's what you're doing, is you're you're putting your own personal values first, and, and that's what selfishness is in, in the sense of of what a lot of people view selfishness as. Yeah, you know the Plains tribes were always fighting
0: with, with each other over hunting land.
1: Right. I never, I,
0: I never hear them called selfish.
1: Right. This definitely goes, I don't think this is a modern issue for 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 sure. It looks very different. But the the idea of I want this spot and I don't want you to have this spot, I think is very, very old. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it's gotta
1: be. It's
0: gotta be. Cavemen hunting mastodons around a salt lick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> My tribe got here first.
1: Yeah. Right. It, it, it's And again, we have to be careful with with us versus them mentalities. Absolute, um, on a large absolutely, scale. absolutely. On a large scale, on a small scale, you're going to have that and and to an extent I think it's okay to have that on a small scale. On a large scale, it's it's very damaging. Um I, I don't remember the the podcast you had me listen to uh before this. Um but he, he talked a he talked a little Alex bit about yeah Fridman talked was. a little bit about that some of the political unrest is essentially tribalism on a large scale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all
0: right, I'm pretty cashed. Uh, if, there, if there's nothing else you want to impart, I'm going to, I'm going to thank you for coming on and go get some dinner.
1: I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate the message that you're putting out and, um, it, it is very helpful to, to at least me. So I appreciate you. Uh, and, and, and I, you, I, you
0: are, you're a very thoughtful guy uh, and you're the kind of uh, hunter that i'm glad is out there and and that i want good things for so yeah thank you thank you for being a fellow hunter
1: absolutely we'll have to stay in touch I'll, i'll send you any articles that i come across that um mention anything that we've talked about all right please do